Hello, welcome to Rachel Sermani's Finger That Points to the Moon podcast. This is episode four, I think, of the series that I'm doing on the 10 rules for a creative life that were uh, um, a woman called Sister Carita Kent came up with. And we're on to rule number five. So, so far we've had rule number one, find a place you trust and try trusting it for a while. Rule number two, general duties of a student, pull everything out of your teacher and pull everything out of your fellow students. Rule number three is um, the general duties of a teacher, pull everything out of your students. The last one was... um, on consider everything an experiment and we're on to rule number five now which is be self-disciplined this means finding someone wise or smart and choosing to follow them to be disciplined is to follow in a good way to be self-disciplined is to follow in a better way And I feel like this is a rule of in two parts and um, the first part being quite self-explanatory. One that can be simply and in a straightforward way interpreted. This the second part um, for me takes on a little bit of a more interpretive twist, which we'll get to. But in regarding to the the first half, find someone wise or smart and choose to follow them who are our idols who do we admire we watch their interviews we follow them literally in this day and age on various social media accounts we sing their praises we comment under their pictures Um, we buy their books in some cases We choose to study under them if it's a possibility. Um, We request their mentorship if there's an opportunity. Perhaps in a spiritual sphere, we will join the Sangha or community that follows in the path of this wise or smart person, which, which, yeah, that also transpires across anything else. In a sense, when you choose to follow somebody on a social media account, you're kind of joining a particular community. I think of people like Amanda Palmer in these moments and just consider like the community that she's created um, through her art and, and her general being. And like the uh, funny uh, imitate, imitating animals that we are, We observe these smart, wise people. How do they conduct themselves in their creativity or in their life, in in their conversation, in their choices of how and where they live, uh, what they wear, what are their thoughts on various matters from mundane to less mundane Uh, and we often attempt to emulate them become them in some way 
or simply we see ourselves in them and sort of take a pleasure in this mirroring quality. It's, it's almost like sometimes it feels like a form of encouragement when you find someone who sort of speaks your language. M more than anything, I find it when I read literature, fiction and poetry. It seems to tickle me. And, and I love the immersiveness of stepping into worlds um, and, and seeing from the mind's eye of a, of a particular author. I love that. Yeah, it feels like a deep dive. Even when it, when it comes to music, there's a few moments when I feel that deep dive, but it's, it's almost like a different feeling because even an album, though it, it spans an hour or so, um, there's something about reading a novel for me that's because of probably the length of time it takes, it feels more immersive. I feel like I'm in a, I'm like walking through or swimming in a particular atmosphere for days on end. And I like that feeling. And as far as someone wise or smart goes, I'd say Car Sister Carita Kent appears to be one of those people in my eyes and a huge aspect not I don't know much about her so I'm not in this very moment choosing to follow her or follow what her path was but um a huge aspect of why I feel I think I feel a resonance with these rules and with the way that Sister Carita Kent appeared to be in her own life and who she chose in her life as her teachers and who she brought to the Immaculate Heart College to, to sort of inspire the students. What I see in all of those examples is that there's not a delineation between life and work, or life and art, or work and art for that matter either. It's not like she went home after school and put her feet up. And I think so many creative people, creatives, artists um, could resonate with this. I always find it a struggle to call this job I have as a singer and songwriter and creator of things a career. And it's not because I don't think I do a lot of work. And it's not because I don't have a, what I regard as a work ethic. Um, that's that can be intense or that I don't see how much work it takes to create and express. But it's because there isn't a switch off moment. There's no clocking out. There's no um, see you tomorrow, colleagues. Well done, work done. And I go and head into a state of downtime. Um, there's no living for the weekend. It's not like that in my case, and I think for many of my friends and peers, I think I can speak on their behalf too, it feels much the same. It's like a part of my being, and it is incessant, without ceasing. And of course, I know many who have other jobs that aren't within the creative industry, who carry their jobs with them. Um, everyone, to some extent, carries their work with them into their their eating and their sleeping and the rest of their lives out with the office hours 
but I, I definitely think it's an interesting topic regarding those within the creative industry. And I love that about my life, that there is no job and there is also no lack of job. <laughs> it's very fulfilling, I guess, for me. So yeah, finding someone and choosing to follow them it, it is vital in terms of being inspired, I think. But where I get a bit more curious and where I'm going to get a bit more interpretive um, is looking at this second part of this rule regarding the difference between being disciplined and being self-disciplined as two different ways in which to follow someone and the latter being distinguished by Sister Corita Kent as the superior way. To be self-disciplined is to follow in a better way. What is she talking about? And I am afraid I don't know what uh, she's talking about, what was on her mind when she wrote this. And actually, I imagine it's not what I'm about to say. You never know, though. I'd love, I wish I could have this chat with her. But um, it might not be what she intended intended but this is how I'm choosing to interpret this part to to be disciplined is to follow in a good way I'm going to take this to depict the sort of person who is a blind follower the person who chooses only to see whoever they're following as a beacon of light and n not to question a thing that they do or say not to be constantly keeping check on their own internal light and beacon for any question or doubt in regards to this smart or wise person. Um, again, one of the smart and wise people who I've chosen to follow um, in recently on a, on a path that you could call the spiritual one, um, this woman called Yoli Maya Ye, was speaking about the, this time now as the time when the self-guru is rising in a strong way and it's the era when, um, I'm not sure if this is a quote or not and so I won't be getting it right if so, but it's, it's this is the time when even Buddhas can fall and what she, the way in which she interpreted this kind of prediction of this era that we're in right now was that um well right now there's there's so many hierarchies and pyramid structures that have been about for uh, many thousands of years that are crumbling um the me too movement um being an example where those in high up places are are toppling due to a collective conscious change. And within the spiritual realms, lots and lots of um, people who were regarded as masters uh, and gurus 
issues. A lot of them are their memories and their their accolades and their legacy is toppling uh, due to the cracks that are beginning to show in how they conducted themselves and how they created um, environments that allowed for abuse. And of course, this is not uh, the picture of an enlightened being anymore. It's the picture of a flawed one. Devotion is important, but it's also important in my regard that we consider the self-guru as um, a fundamental aspect of our creative being and beyond. And and so that's how, this is how I like to interpret that last part. To be self-disciplined is to follow in a better way. In this regard, we follow the people we choose to be smart and wise. We attempt to emulate them. Perhaps we take inspiration from them with regard to how we schedule our day, with what music we choose to listen to or practice, with what social gatherings we attend, with uh, the methods and practices of meditation or whatever it is that they teach or preach or practice themselves, but we also maintain an internal barometer. Of course, I'm not saying also that if someone we follow says something that is challenging to us, that we walk away. But I am saying that I think there's worth in recognizing and practicing being attentive to our inner intuition. I spoke of the slogans of Atisha in the last podcast and one of the rules um, is of the two witnesses hold the principal one. I called it a rule. It's not, I don't know if that's the right way to call it, but of the two witnesses hold the principal one. And the way that um, Chogyam Trungpa interpreted this in one of my favorite little pocket books um, was was that of the two witnesses is talking about you and the perspective of somebody else. So they're, they're the two witnesses. There's you, the I, and there's the other. Hold the principal one. So hold yourself as the first witness. In that, you hold yourself accountable. And the examples he gave was if, if someone says, oh, well done, you're being so disciplined but you know that uh, you spent most of your day uh, scrolling Facebook then um, you do not take the sec the the second witnesses uh, perspective to be true if you did you would be in denial of of your own truth it's always handy to have someone give us their perspective of us. And I'm not saying that that's not necessary um, as affirmation and sometimes as realigning us to what is true for us. But I think also it's important to remember that 
if we hold our, ourselves as the principal witness. We have a good chance of being in touch with ourselves and our own truth and our own value, our own worth and our own commitments. One funny, slightly tangent example, um, again, I'm talking Buddhism here. Um, I was at this weekend course regarding uh, uh, what they call the preliminaries, regarding like basic Buddhist understandings. I remember within the sphere of right conduct, the, the nun who was also my landlord at the time, the wonderful Annie Rinchen, was, um, was talking about right conduct uh, within sexual context. And there was something about um, it not being permitted or a good thing, in inverted commas, to partake in a oral or, yeah, oral sex, I think it was. And there were a group of us in this little hall and in this shrine room in Edinburgh. And I just remember just being like, oh man, I'm totally going to have to ask about this one. <laughs> and, uh, and I did. And the truth was that I wasn't satisfied with the answer that I was given by Annie Rinchin, who I regard as a dear friend. But in terms of that rule on right conduct, I, I don't think that matters at all. And I could be, I could be wrong, who knows, but essentially my inner light and beacon was uh, questioning the prejudice and bias and prudeness within these rules and questioning possibly the hierarchical, patriarchal system that had put these rules or interpreted this peaceful practice to have some form of control so just a wee thought basically that's how I'm choosing to interpret this particular rule to be self-disciplined is to follow in a better way and how I regard that is to hold yourself kind of as your disciplinarian always to take what you can what you want what you need from the external environment from your teachers from your mentors take it all on board but then calibrate it with your own experience and uh, and and figure out if it's um if it's right for you if this is going to for example be conducive to your creativity or if it's going to allow you to self-flagellate, or if it's going to make your inner critic uh, have a, a field day, etc. So yeah, there's some thoughts for you on this particular rule. Number five, be self-disciplined. This means finding someone smart or wise and choosing to follow them. To be disciplined is to follow in a good way. To be self-disciplined is to follow in a better way. And I will see you next week. Maybe we're going to be looking at rule six and seven together, which is 
Nothing is a mistake. There's no win and no fail. There's only make. Um, in partnership with rule seven, which is the only rule is work. If you work, it will lead to something. It's the people who do all of the work all of the time who eventually catch on to things. So that's next next episode. Thank you very much for listening. And speak to you soon. Bye-bye. After the last episode of this series has been released, I'll be hosting a number of online workshops on the art of writing song, as I have known and grown with it. This experience won't be about writing a radio hit, though you might. It'll be all about cultivating confidence and creativity and feeling empowered in your own expression. The way I've always worked is through the exploring and cultivating of both my spirituality and creativity. The two are symbiotic, both require courage. Their union has been the lens and toolkit through which I process living here on Earth, so you can expect to be hearing from my expertise and experience in both realms, that of creativity and that of spirit. There'll be creative writing exercises, drawing exercises, exercise exercises, as in stuff to do with your body or what is available to you in your own body. There'll also be focused moments where we work with the voice and practice strengthening that lovely center of expression and communication. There'll also be meditations to encourage the flow of creative juices. For each workshop, there'll be 13 safe spaces. Having only a small number of people on the course will mean I get to give you lots of individual attention and to tune the whole workshop to the needs of whoever's in there. You might be a veteran in the art of song or completely without experience. All you need is curiosity. Curiosity keeps you open so the magic of creativity can come in. Tickets are on sale now. To choose your preferred weekend and take leap into play, Go to my website at www.rachelsermani.com. You'll find the link in the podcast description. I'm really excited for this. Guiding people in their creative process is something I love to do and have been working my way up to doing more of for a few years. It's so important to me that everyone feels welcome in the world of expression. Artistry belongs to all. Creativity is a life boy. It keeps one afloat in a wild sea. I feel like the more you're able to explore and express yourself, the more alive you're able and willing to feel. So maybe see you there.